Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right. Welcome into the show. This is Vikings Vatline, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff, and it's part of the Purple Daily podcast. You can find us seven days a week, Purple Daily on Apple, Spotify, and the all-new scorenorth.com, and also on our YouTube channel seven days a week, youtube.com slash Podcast, And we're going to get into all of the things from, from a wildly entertaining and meaningful game for the Vikings. But uh, a quick shout-out to our friends at Corona Hard Seltzer. Corona Hard Seltzer spiked sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. And uh, holy cow. Oh, Declan Goff, you, this might be a two seltzer show for you here. This might be you know, a put, two Corona hard seltzer show. I put on the cherry tiger red, expecting a, a Vikings win here today. And uh, yeah, I'm going to be cranking up some uh, some seltzers here as we get some guests flowing into the Vikings vent line feed. This is going to be a long night. So yeah, if you want to be part of the show, email vikingsventline at gmail.com. Um, Judd Zolgad, first question out of the gate. Vikings had a chance to go up by eight if they kicked a field goal. Two minutes left. They're up by five, fourth and inches from the Seattle five-yard line. Yep. Analytics setting four percent chance to win the game from that point forward. They hand off, they get stuffed. Russell Wilson goes down, and the rest is history. Was it the right decision? It was the right decision based on the flow of that game and the fact that these new, not improved Seattle Seahawks cannot stop anybody defensively. And how on earth at that point in that game, after you have been honest to God, manhandling the Seahawks defense for the basically entire game. I mean, you, you screwed up and and your quarterback screwed up some, but for the most part, it was hard not to gain yards. Uh, I'm not going to put this on Zim's decision not to kick the field goal because I think uh, 2020 football says he made the right decision. I'm going to, put this on you couldn't get inches against that defense at any moment in that game like to me inexcusable so I I prefer to put the criticism towards the fact that after moving up and down the field Phil Mackey and Declan Goff at will throughout the course of this football game when it mattered most you literally could not get inches that's where I think it's just absolutely mind-boggling that you couldn't have uh, I don't care who Kirk Cousins fall forward. It was inches. It was not fourth and two or not fourth and three. It seemed like a safe call. And uh, I'm amazed against that defense, which is as far from the Seattle defenses that we used to see on a regular basis at one, as one could possibly get that you couldn't get the first down there. 
Uh, yeah, I thought it was the right call. And I think sometimes that happens. Like you're, sometimes you make the right call and the result doesn't work out in your favor. So I'm not going to, by the way, we have so many fire Mike Zimmer, uh, fire Mike Zimmer comments coming in on YouTube and Facebook. I'm going to try and fix my spotty internet. I don't know why my internet cord's not working. So I, I, I saw your text decks. So I'll get that uh, fixed if I can. I thought it was the right move. And I was already, by the way, if they were going to win this game, I was already to coin it the Eric Wilson game. I mean, Eric, yeah. Eric will, there's a, there's a legitimate discussion to be had or the Alex Madison game because Alex Madison came in relief. and was just a beast for the Vikings in the second half. And we'll talk about Dalvin cook's groin injury. Um, I, th- I think the, the discussions we were going to have, if the Vikings held on to win this game, were probably centered around Eric Wilson. Anthony Barr has been out for three weeks and like the Vikings defense looks better which I guess is still a discussion now. And Dalvin Cook goes down like he does pretty much every single year. And Alex Madison goes in and we can have those discussions. But in the end, um, I think my main takeaway from this game, and then we'll get to Sam and some other people here. Kirk Cousins made a boneheaded interception and the Vikings looked like they were derailing in the third quarter, but major credit to Kirk Cousins and the offense for going down, completing at the time a fourth comeback. And actually Judd, it, it, when the Seahawks got the ball inside the 15-10 yard line, the Vikings defense clamped down in those last two plays to, to have blanket coverage on DK Metcalf and for Mike Hughes to knock that ball out and save one touchdown and Anthony Harris had blanket coverage on the game winner. Mm-hmm. It's hard to even fault the Vikings defense a lot. I mean, they're going to move the ball. That's uh, Russell Wilson. So it's it's hard to sit here and be like, oh man, like this is the thing that shipwrecked this team. They just got beat by one of the best teams in the NFL and they went toe-to-toe tonight. That, that, that was a fun game. That was absolutely an entertaining, great game to, to watch. And, yes, if you're a diehard Vikings fan, I'm sure it hurts. But just as far as the dynamics. And, look, Phil, to your point, Seattle has a great quarterback, and they have some offensive components. But that defense is awful. Like, that defense mm-hmm. is Swiss cheese. That defense is terrible. So, But the thing about all of these games if I'm a Vikings fan, is I continue to look at this through the context of one very simple thing. Am I seeing development of players? And the answer tonight, guess what, was yes. Wilson had a great game, right? Um, Irv Smith was found, lost and found. We found Irv Smith tonight. He still exists. That's (laughs) great. Um, But but this is, to me, it's about putting people – and putting players in particular particular in pressure situations like this to see what they have. And these last two weeks, and in this game in particular, I think you've seen guys grow. And those cornerbacks are going to, going to continue to grow. But they are not going to be great right now. Like, it's not going it, – that's too much to ask. So I, I think from a coaching standpoint and a schematic standpoint, Zimmer's trying to get them help, which is absolutely fine. But really the question uh, to me from tonight is, did we see the growth of players who you expect to to grow? Because you know what? Cousins is is going to be Kirk. That's just Kirk. But there are a lot of components and a lot of young players, especially defensively on this team, who I think we are seeing what's going to be considered gradual progress from. And that is the most important thing right now. So this is Vikings vet line, Phil Mackey. Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff producing, and uh, he is the honorary Corona Hard Seltzer pitchman here, and it's going to be a multi-seltzer night probably. Uh, why don't we bring Sam in? I'm actually going to go see if I can fix my wired internet problem, so I'll be right back. You guys go ahead you and talk to Sam. Sam, what's hey, up, man? Sam. What do you got? Hey, Thanks, Sam. guys, for, uh, for having me on. Um, yeah. I, I think... <laughs> 
it's frustrating because like in the first half, like we keep saying that like the Vikings had this perfect game plan. And part of that was that they took kind of Kirk out of the game and they made him an accessory and mm-hmm. not the main focal point, which even though Kirk had a couple good drives, I think that says a lot about you're paying someone $30 million and your best game plan is to take him effectively out of the game. And mm-hmm. that to me is a huge failure to look at your roster and understand what's going to help you succeed. The other point is, and I'm sure you'll, you'll bring it up later, but uh, Drew Samia probably had the worst game <laughs> of, of his career. I mean, Seattle's defensive line, I think, was one of the worst pressure-generating lines next to the Vikings, and they made him look awful. And more concerning for me in that is that I don't think about Ezra Cleveland and whether he's just unable to break into this offensive line, whether he's not far along enough. But we had been hearing all offseason that uh, that Samia had this redshirt year that he was developing. Like this team does not have a good history of developing. He's a fourth round pick. This team is not Green Bay or Baltimore. They don't develop like guys into Bakhtiari or whoever. Like that's not what they've done. And I mean, look, we knew that's why it was going to be a vulnerability, but Samia had a really, really bad game against a really bad defensive line. So appreciate taking my call. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate yeah. Sam. Yeah, he's not good. I, I, there's just no, there's no <laughs> way around this. Like, like there are some guys who aren't good, and you say, you know what, that guy's not good now, but he's going to be good. Like in the next five games, or let's say ten games, or fifteen games. Um, I watch. Samia pay, uh, play, and I see a guy who I think is a definite stopgap. And now I might be proven wrong at some point. Uh, to Sam's point, though, where I wouldn't get too upset or too concerned about Cleveland is while I do think he should play, and I have questions about why he's not playing. Asking a former uh, a former left tackle who might go back there to play right guard is an ask I wouldn't make. Like his whole his whole life on the line is basically geared up for what right brain thinking to do to do left line things right so if i ask him to move to right guard i'm asking him to learn a skill set that he shouldn't have to um so i i don't see some i don't see samia playing as a knock on cleveland i'd like to see cleveland playing left guard above dozier and then perhaps if Do- if dozier has the veteran capability and i don't know what the answer to this question is to slide over to right guard but i think we can safely say that drew samia is not good and and if i'm kirk cousins pass protection wise i would be saying can we get elfline back or something cuz he's not good but this guy is just really right now a big time pass protection liability yeah. So I don't know if you guys noticed, but toward the end of the game, when I think it was Mike Boone actually ripped off a big run and Chris Collinsworth felt so bad for Drew Samia that he said, all right, I hate just being negative all the time. So I just want to outline how great of a job Drew Samia did on this run play. And like Drew Samia, just like it wasn't that he did a great job on the play. It's just like he just like did his job on the play. Yes. Um, so I thought that was kind of funny. Right. It was one of the worst game, one of the worst games I've ever seen an offensive lineman play before. All right, let's go. Hey, let's go to. Uh, is it pronounced Asia? I think Asa. Is it Asa? Yes. What's up, uh, buddy? Can everyone Asa, hear me? what's going on? And sorry, I'll, and I'll be right back again. I'm trying to fix some technical issues. So <laughs> troubleshooting. Asa, you're the new co-host. All right, <laughs> go ahead. I uh, just gotta say, I'm a big fan of this show, and I appreciate you, you guys having me on. But uh, this game was really frustrating. Uh, first off, with that big decision of going on it between like fourth and inches in the field goal, I understand the decision to go at it in fourth and inches, but I don't get why we wanted to get fancy 
and try like a weird end around with Adam Thielen. But oh, along with that, that, I still think it was the wrong decision. Uh, but that was pretty frustrating, but not nearly as frustrating as Kirk Cousins' two fumbles, or sorry, two, um, uh, two turnovers. And, uh, yeah, this game was so good on paper. There were so many great individual performances from Ngakwe played great, Wilson played great, Madison played great, Dalvin played great in the entire first half. But just overall as a collective, it was very frustrating. And Mike Zimmer has either have to have some sort of big change or he's got to go because he's really just a defensive coordinator with a challenge flag. Like, it's, yeah. it gets annoyed. Yeah, yeah, and plus too, when when it comes to, to Kirk, the sad thing is, um, we could certainly discuss what Kirk did or didn't do, but you, but you know what, nothing tonight that Kirk did surprised me, and that's really I the sad thing. Agree. That's yep. the sad thing. There was nothing that Kirk did, in, including at the end there when it's crunch time. What you know, with with uh, fifteen seconds left or so, yeah. or 10 seconds left, and he got the ball, and you never, you didn't think for one second, you know what he's going to do? Get that ball down the field yeah. and set up a Dan Bailey yep. field goal, because it's crunch time for Kirk now. Um, so I'm really to the point now where there's nothing that Kirk does where I say, oh my gosh, I, I, I can't believe that. That's yeah, That agree. picks, t- no, I almost half expect it. And, and when Dalvin got hurt too, and this is the problem with Kirk, when Dalvin got hurt, you could feel that game spiral for a while. Now it came back, but you could feel it start to spiral out of control. Yep. And, I, Kirk, I and Kirk doesn't have the ability to ever hit the slow down, pause, take a deep breath button. It's almost like he, he hyperventilates before his teammates do, which is a real problem because you're the dude with the ball in your hand making millions of dollars. And you're the guy who's supposed to say, everybody, Dalvin's hurt, relax will be fine. He eventually sort of got there, but it took a long time and that's concerning. And that's when things start to go bad. Yeah. While I was watching the game, uh, my brother is a Packers fan. And uh, I was asking him like, what do you think Aaron Rodgers would do in this situation? And everyone knew Aaron (laughs) Rodgers would get the job done. And it, it was just very frustrating, but I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Good call. Did I just miss a Kirk Cousins hit session there? Yeah, but you know what? I just I I said this before. There's nothing that Kirk did tonight that shocked me. There's nothing that Kirk did that surprised me. And Phil, the one thing is when Dalvin got hurt, you could feel Kirk start to go too and be like, "Oh my god, Dalvin's hurt. What what are we going to do?" And he got it back eventually, but these are all sort of by now Kirk traits. Yeah, I'm just Kirk. So, um I know, my, I guess my two cents on that is like that interception he threw was a total disaster. And even, you know, he got stripped a couple times of the ball, like the the, the game ender there. And like he, that happens a lot where he drops back and there's pressure kind of coming around the edges. And he's just not that great at just moving up a step. And so he gets a lot of those strip sacks. I think if you compared like the number of strip sacks that happened for him in the six years of being an NFL starter versus league average, I think it just it feels a little bit high. Um, but I, I just like I sit here and I rip Kirk Cousins every single week. He sort of is who he is. And you know what? He bounced back from a self-inflicted, terrible interception. And he drove the Vikings down, mostly with Adam Thielen. And so I do have to give him credit for that. And uh, and I guess like we, we're never going to know what the other sort of path would have been if the Seahawks would have scored a touchdown with 50 seconds to go and the Vikings got the ball back. Would Kirk have driven the Vikings back into field goal range? He never got that chance. So I'm not going to be too hard on Kirk for this one. He had a couple 
classic Kirk moments, but you know, there's been worse performances. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And I, I think Kirk's at the point in his tenure here where if he does something and you're, you're shocked, that's a you problem. That's not a him thing. That's a you problem. And it, it's why, you know, we, we've talked for a long time about his contract and about if the extension was a smart thing. And I know it was all or largely salary cap driven, but all of those things being said, um, you know, we can sit here and we can pound the table and we can bash our heads against the wall and nothing's going to change. So that's why what I am looking for from the 2020 Vikings is development from players who can change. Mm -hmm. Eric Wilson, again, tonight was outstanding. Irv Smith played, caught passes. So I really think that if you're a Vikings fan, at least for this year, it's probably a wiser thing to channel your, uh, your, thoughts and energies towards players who you see developing as opposed to a group of players who are probably they are who they are i would have liked to have seen and i'm sure he was covered pretty tightly the one thing i would have have liked to see a little bit more tonight was an emphasis on uh mr jefferson getting the football but i'm guessing he was covered and thielen was not as much or something but um he's dynamic enough where i'd like to see him get a set amount of of um, passes or targets per game that exceeds what it felt like he got, which was probably was a, I think it was four or five tonight. It didn't feel like a ton. Yeah. He was targeted five times, three catches for 23 yards. in this one, Thielen was targeted 13 times, yeah. nine catches, 80 yards and two touchdowns. Let's go Coverage, to, let's, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. We'd have to go. We're going to have to watch the film, Judd. We'll have to go film. back and watch the film. Watch the film. All 22. What went wrong with Justin Jefferson? All right, let's get Eric in here. Eric looks pretty chill sitting in his Vikings den. Right now, What's up, Eric. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for taking me. Um, you know, I never thought we'd come to a point where we're actually wishing for Pat Elfline to be back. Did you guys ever think we'd get there? I'm I'm pining for it at this point. I mean, that was legitimately one of the worst offensive line performances I've ever seen in 30 plus years watching football by Drew Samia today. And to be honest, you know, the offensive line isn't at the point of the Green Bay Packers and like the other caller talked about developing a Bakhtiari, but I think, you know, you get that right guard at least average or slightly below average. I don't think the offensive line was that awful, actually, even though it probably contributed to the fact that we couldn't get inches on fourth and inches. How do you not get that? Yeah, that's a very good question. How do you not get that? That defense is awful. Like, just fall forward. You're going to get it. Or it felt like it, at least. It would be one thing if we hadn't seen this coming or we hadn't seen offensive line as being a deficiency on this team. But it's been a deficiency for years. And, mm-hmm. and it just – we either through lack of development or through lack of drafting just cannot develop it. And, you know, the frustrating – I love this game tonight, by the way. But the frustrating thing about it is, again, we're the best of the lousiest and the lousiest of the best. We're not bad enough to get a good generation-changing quarterback, but we're not good enough to make a deep playoff run. So we're like right in that sort of limbo between getting excited about a new quarterback that'll change a generation or making a deep playoff run. We're just we're just in the middle again, and it's and it's just frustrating. Even though it shouldn't be, we have a lot of great young players. Yeah. Yeah, there's this man. This this is tough because it's Kirk Cousins 
was not the reason why they lost the game tonight. And this happens on a regular basis. We're like, hey, listen, man, Kirk, Kirk wasn't terrible. You know, Kirk was fine or whatever. Um, but he's also not good enough. Let, let's do the same comparison that Judd and I did about three days ago on Purple Daily, okay? The Seahawks and the Vikings, both with a ton of injuries. The Seahawks had a starting offensive lineman, Ayupati, out tonight. They had two or three defensive starters with, like, ACLs and different injuries. They're, they're super banged up. Vikings are banged up. Both teams have sieve defenses that, you know, can't slow opponents down. Um, both te- like There's things you could go and, like, look at the flaws of both teams. Yet one of these teams is going to play in the NFC Championship game and might win the Super Bowl. And the other team is now basically hunting for a better draft pick at this well, point. We'll we see what happens. Yeah. And, and, the, and the reason why is because Russell Wilson. I mean, that's just a fact. And so, like, to your, to your point, Eric, I'm to the point mentally watching this team where I'm not blaming everything on Cousins, but I'm longing for, if, if the goal is win a Super Bowl, I'm longing for someone at that position that can just rise above and elevate the things around him. Um, and, and so again, it's not, I'm not trying to cast shade. Like the guy had a, the guy had a nice bounce back late in the fourth quarter today. Defense is the one that gave up that final drive, but just Russell Wilson, like that's how you win Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If there's time left on the clock, he's got a chance. If there's time left on the, the clock, we have to be very careful about the time left and the situation that Kirk enters before we feel that Kirk has a chance. It's yeah. that simple. It's, I if appreciate it's, my yeah. time, but if I can add one more thing. By the way, Seattle didn't have to tank to get Wilson either. Yeah, they didn't have to tank to get him. It's true. And, and you know, we sit here and we talk about Justin Fields and we talk about Trevor Lawrence, and those guys are going to go in, like, the first three picks. But it's very likely that somebody else late in the first round or in the second or in the third round also or instead becomes a franchise quarterback. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's Tanner Morgan. I don't know. But do you have the guy that can identify that, take that chance, and then have the guts to bench Kirk? That's the question. Yeah. All worth plenty of discussion Thank the rest you. of the season. Eric, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it man. Just a quick reset because we currently have – the most people ever watching Vikings vent line at one time. And so thank you everyone for watching. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash purple daily podcast, click that subscribe button, please, because we give you seven days a week of Vikings content during the season. And uh, you can subscribe to our podcast too. It's purple daily on Apple, Spotify and scorenorth.com. I'm Phil Mackey. I think we've sorted out the technical issues here. Judd Zolgad and Declan Goff. And if you want to get in on the show, we've got a little bit of a waiting list right now, but it's vikingsventline at gmail.com. Let's go to our friend, uh, Gardner Minshew's cousin, Ryan Minshew II here. I'm Love back. the headband, man. Love the headband. <laughs> yeah, great minds think alike, don't we, That's Declan? That's right. That's right. <laughs> the first thing I want to start out with is that is probably the most exciting game I've seen this year. I mean, that was the best the Vikings have played so far this year. However, <laughs> can you name a series of events that encapsulates the 59 years of the Minnesota Vikings then when the Seahawks scored three touchdowns in two minutes? I mean, when I was watching that, I just, I couldn't believe it. Like how, how many things went wrong? I mean, that Kirk Cousins pick was horrible. I mean, Justin Jefferson had 15 yards of daylight after that and I just couldn't believe it and then he I mean it's not all Kirk's fault I'll, I'll admit that the defense really gave up that uh that touchdown at the end I mean Mike Hughes made a great play to stop DJ Metcalf but then 
they gave up the touchdown right after that. But Drew Samia is honestly the worst guard in the National Football League by a country mile. I mean, he didn't he what did he have like three or four holding penalties this game? He had at least three, yeah. He had four accept he had four that penalties, was- three were accepted. Yeah. God, it was I mean, it was I mean, I never thought I'd want Pat Alfline to see the football field again, but at this point, put anybody in because this guy is terrible. Yeah. Yeah, man. That was really bad. I, I almost feel bad for Drew Samia. Like, he didn't, you know, he was, you know, if he was like the fourth overall pick, if he was Matt Khalil, all right. You know, he was, what, he was a fourth round pick or something. He's just yeah. a guy. He's, he's a guy. But oh, oh, he's not a guy. He's, he's, a, wor- he's, he's much worse than a guy. Well, I'm saying like his potential was but sort of like, is, hey, he's a guy. But he, he is the poster child for what's wrong with this team's orga- organizational philosophy about guards. Like this whole notion that oh we'll just make guards. I mean we'll we'll draft. He'll be fine. We'll throw elf lines hurt. Who cares, right? Like mm-hmm. that's how this comes off. My question is, what's your next move now? So if elf line can't come back, are you going to keep playing this poor kid, or are you going to try and slide Dozier to right guard and have Cleveland play left guard? Like something you've got to have something else here. Yeah. He, dude, here's the other thing. All right, if you're a Vikings fan, and I just want I just want to pull up the rushing yardage for uh, for this game. How does it feel? to watch what Kevin Stefanski is doing with everything in Cleveland. It's their, it's their best start since Bill Belichick was the head coach, like for the last Browns team before they moved to Baltimore mm-hmm. and that offensive line, when it comes to run blocking in Cleveland was a disaster last year. And they are maybe the best run blocking unit in the NFL this year. And they're just gouging teams up and down 30 plus points. They're like, they ran for 307 yards on Dallas a couple weeks ago. And you just kind of wonder, you know, Judd, you've brought this up on the show. We kind of thought Kevin Stefanski was the one that was kind of being brought along by Gary Kubiak. And it's like, yeah, well, that, that might be wrong. You look well, and see what's happening in, in Cleveland right now. And Kevin Stefanski clearly was the rudder for this thing. What I think is the most egregious thing is that the Vikings have one of the best running back rooms in the NFL. Like you, Dalvin Cook is a top five, top three running back. Alexander Madison might be one of the best backup running backs. Mike Boone and Amir Abdullah are very capable backs as well. So it, there's no reason as to why, other than the line, as to why these backs just can't dominate games. I mean, M- Madison came in after Cook was injured and scored 100. Or, I mean, rushed for over yeah. 100. Yeah. I mean, it, there's there's no reason. And, and I think the Dozier and Samia – are just the, the, the problems. Drew Samia is terrible. And I think we need to fix that as soon as possible because once Dalvin and Madison can be able to take over games like that, you saw what happened in the first half. We shut out the Seahawks 13-0. to And I think that's just – it's it's honestly baffling to me like why we're losing these games. Like the Titans, we should have won. I mean, it just – we should have won this game. But I just – as you just – you've – as a Vikings fan, you just become accustomed to these things. Yeah. Yeah, great stuff. Ryan Minshew, we appreciate you coming on, man. Loving the headband game. We'll yeah. talk again soon. You know, I just and just to clarify, the Vikings did run the ball for 200 yards in this game, and their run blocking has mostly been, especially the last 3 weeks, on point, and they've been and they've been gashing and gouging. And I think my my Kevin Stefanski point was more about this this inability overall for the Vikings to develop offensive linemen whether you're drafted in the first round or you're drafted in the sixth round it's like they just have a bunch of guys that are scratching to be average 
And Kevin Stefanski and his coaching staff appear to have gone into Cleveland. And so I get that both teams are running the ball well, but there's Cleveland's offensive line is ridiculous this season. And I don't know what percentage of that Kevin Stefanski deserves credit for, but it is something above 0%. We know that for a fact. And I'd say, too, from a coaching standpoint, the game plan tonight, Vikings-wise, was very good. Yeah. Like that was a good game plan. That that first half was darn near perfect. And the philosophy that they t- took in to frustrate Russ um, defensively to try and contain Seattle defensively was really pretty good. So I think this just comes down to some misplays. Um, to Phil's point, you're going against a quarterback who is legendary. He's that good. And, and you know, Dalvin getting hurt to me threw them a big curve. They recovered from it, but within the scope of him being hurt, they sort of freaked out there. Uh, but I, I think I think game plan wise, this is probably as well as they've done from having a plan going into a game as we've seen so far in the first what now five games. Yeah, and and really like if you know part of the reason we're sitting here, I'm I'm, I'm trying to think if let's say that final pass is incomplete. How does the way we talk about this game change? And I think I think we're heaping praise on the running game. I think we're heaping praise on a, a defense's ability to absorb Russell Wilson, hold the Seahawks scoreless in the first half, right? And so I don't want to lose sight of all of those things because really, in reality, sometimes when you're facing, there's like six teams in the NFL, maybe even less, that you can throw great punches for three hours. And if their quarterback gets the ball, with a chance to win with like two minutes left, they're mm-hmm. going to win. The Chiefs, the Green Bay Packers sometimes with Aaron Rodgers, especially this version of Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson is on that list. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, s- sometimes it just comes down to you gave Russell Wilson the ball with enough time on the clock and he went Russell Wilson on you, period. And I, I think defensively, I think the Vikings definitely took steps. Um, I was really impressed by that offensively I'm going to slow down again and say that Seattle defense was atrocious so like I don't know I don't know if I put as much stock in, into the Vikings offensive performance because the defense was so bad for the Seahawks but that being said I think what the Vikings did defensively against a Hall of Fame quarterback was pretty doggone good mm-hmm. and they had some guys have really good games really impressive games and that's the thing is the question is because of how this team is basically fundamentally built i think the question is how quickly can you get the majority of these guys up to a speed where you don't feel like they're a liability and i didn't feel tonight like the vikings defense was that no uh let's get to our next vikings fan here abel let's bring abel into the room here powered by corona hard seltzer Tough loss tonight for the Vikings, unless you are in the tank for Trevor camp, in which case clutch loss for the Vikings tonight. Abel, what's going on, man? You know what, fellas? I'm calling it all the way from Regina, Saskatchewan, basically nice. middle of nowhere in Canada here. I'm all for tanking for Trevor. But you know what? The one thing that's really bothering me is why give me hope? I went into this game telling my boys, you know what? We're going to lose by 30. We're playing <laughs> And by halftime, my entire mood changes. I'm sitting here thinking, oh, dude, like, this is the Seattle Seahawks we're beating. Are, are we a playoff team or what? But what I really want to know is how many teams, you know, especially the Vikings with a quarterback like Kirk Cousins, we're out here. Kirk Cousins played a decent game. We're rushing for over 200 yards. I think that speaks volume to how bad our defense is. I mean, especially you look at that last drive, man. Like, 
I don't care if you have Stevie Wonder like SpongeBob with his jellyfish net back there. He's stopping them <laughs> on that last drive, man. That was explosion. And I like if we're gonna lose these games, it's nice to see the development. I think you know we had some decent players out there. Eric Wilson, I thought he played a really good game on defense, but just please stop giving me hope. That's all I want. <laughs> I go into the game, we're gonna lose, lose man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, that was the oh, dude. That was like the ultimate Vikings tease right there. Hey, this is they haven't beat Seattle in Seattle in 14 years. Got to go back to whatever 2006 or whatever the hell year it was. And they're up. They're shutting Seattle out. The Vikings. The Vikings ran in the first half 41 plays to Seattle's like 18 or something. Oh yeah. And one of those was just like you know a throwaway play to end the first half. And it really felt like wow, Mike. This is a Mike Zimmer masterpiece game plan he's putting all the chess pieces in the right places and then boom just like three massive haymakers out of the gate for for the seahawks in the second half it's ridiculous exactly. and you know what i'm i'm sitting here and i look at the game mike simmer didn't call a terrible game you know we there were positives we you know time of possession was way better than usual but it's just when it comes down to it we're gonna lose so let's just let's just lose i'm i'm tired of you know, seeing the Vikings perform and give you an ounce of hope. At this point, like, if we're going to tank, let's let's really tank hard. I'm looking at this team, and I can already tell we're going to be a team that finishes, like, you know, 6-10, and 7-9, or nine, and ends up having that, like, you know, 13th overall draft pick, which isn't going to do us any good. Let's just – I'm tired of this, man. They're not, oh, my man, here, here's what you're rooting for. You're rooting for Dalvin Cook to take his time coming back. You're rooting for Daniil Hunter's second opinion to go the way of the first opinion. Those are the things you're rooting for, Judd. But the problem, but the problem is in this league, game by game, they can't do what you want because the league's not good enough for teams to actually drill them. So, like, if you play the Titans, it's going to be close. Now, the Titans are probably going to win, and they did, right? You can't, like, like to tank tonight, you, you would have – literally had to withhold your offense from playing against Seattle's defense and said, we're just not going to field a team offensively. So the problem is that that the Vikings and the league as a whole can't give you what you're asking unless you are basically the Jets. Then they probably can because the Jets are a disaster. But if you're the Vikings, you know what? You still got some decent parts. You're not a great team. Uh, but unfortunately, I think the majority of, I bet you by the time that this year gets done, I bet you they have eight defeats by like three to five points. And that's the problem. They're going to break your heart repeatedly unless you divorce yourself from the spread, which is my advice. Divorce yourself from the final score. Enjoy each game. Look for individual improvement, but do not take the spread seriously because that just leads to heartache. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry to do that to you. <laughs> I really am. I hate to do it, but sports, I mean, it's the only sports way. Dad, sports dad's here for all of us. Today. It's the only way to do it. You aren't wrong. At the end of the day, you know, I appreciate what you guys are doing every week. It's, I mean, the Vikings have easily taken 15 years off my life expectancy this year. So well, I'm um, do it to you. Don't let them. I'm just here for the ride. That's it. <laughs> Abel. Great stuff, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh man, Vikings man. Let's 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 keep it rolling here. Dex, whoever you want to throw in. Hey, Go let's ahead. get our let's get our guy Chancy, who I, I think is at the Blair Witch Project. I don't know what's going on <laughs> up in North Dakota, but uh Chancy, where are you from? Where are you calling from? Well, 
new location. Uh, so this week I'm calling from the uh, Halverson family dumpster. I'm leaning against it here. It's kind of cold outside, and uh, I'm getting ready to light her on fire. And uh, I will do this. <laughs> I will do this on camera to represent the Viking season. If you want, if you think that that's a little bit too much, I won't. But I'm going to. No, be no. Wait, you're going to light a dumpster yeah. fire on Vikings Ventland right now? I'm here for yeah. it. Yeah, be safe, but definitely do it. Well, it's windy up here, so. If, by the way, I just want to make it clear: Vikings Ventline and Mackie and Judd are not responsible uh, for any harm done to Chansey and Fargo right now. I have no gasoline in here. I just put newspaper. I did put my uh, Vikings Miller Lite case in here to use as kindling, and uh, <laughs> that's what I drank in the game. So I got the matches. Sorry, drinking them. Be careful. I know. Oh, like I said, it's windy, so it's a little hard to get it going. This is like the ultimate tease, just like the Vikes. I keep talking while I light this on fire. So, their issue is Mike Zimmer. Sorry. Oh, here we go. I got the match going. Anyway, there you have the uh, Vikings wow. dumpster fire. It'll be going pretty hot here in a little bit. But uh, Sorry about the lighting. Mike Zimmer, I mean, they will never win. Everybody's like, oh, we well, got 200 yards rushing. That was a good game. Who gives a hoot? Nobody cares. 200 yards rushing. You can't win that way. I've been saying it forever. If if Dalvin Cook is the best running back in the NFL or top five, fire's getting a little hotter. If the, he's the best or the top five, who cares? Are you going to beat any team that has a top five quarterback with that philosophy? No. And what happens is Mike Zimmer, I can see it coming. Oh, there we go. A little I feel like every time I feel like every time Chancey shows us the fire, it's like ten times bigger yeah, than the time before. Be very by, careful. By the end of this, by Chancey. the end of this call, it's gonna be the it's gonna be Elmo in a burning room gif. There you go. <laughs> Mike Zimmer, when you have the perfect first half, right? And it's 13-0 and everything's going right, and I can see it coming, right? You knew Seattle wasn't just gonna go away and they're gonna win 20 to 0. Well, so as soon as one piece of adversity happens. It's classic Vikings. I, I don't even remember the exact play count. Here's, here's how it happens. So they're going to kick off. They've punched one in. You're nervous. Oh, a guy that we've never heard of decides to take it from three yards deep, but he only makes it to the 16. So that was your first dumb decision, right? First down, Zimmer's thinking, we better settle it down. We'll go with a nice conservative run, you know, just get this game back on control. Well, he gets stuffed into the line right there, right? So he's thinking, oh, second and 10. We better run a pass now, I guess. Do something a little safe. But here comes your holding call on uh, Drew Samia. So now you're in second and 20. You run the uh, the little dump off to uh, C.J. Ham for three. And then you go, okay, it's third and 17. Time for the draw because we don't trust Cousins. So let's punt it back. And you're on your way. And it's the same dang thing every time. They don't have the right mentality to take a punch and jump back. I mean, they did eventually in this game, but you could see that three touchdown swing coming a mile away as soon as the first one hit it was uh, they're on roller skates it, i just get so sick and tired of that philosophy of that ultra conservatism and and they'll never win that way they never will chad wants to know chad wants to know here on the youtube comments why is chancy standing next to drew samia <laughs> if you just joined us it's yeah it, it's a dumpster fire it's right. not drew samia but i see how you can make the correlation Yes. It's actually really nice because it's kind of cold up here in Fargo. It was raining all day. It it almost felt like uh, it almost felt like the Seattle vibe here today because it was raining and it looked cold and wet. 
But uh, the only other thing I wanted to say on, on that decision to go for it, I actually think it was the right decision. And, I, and one thing, as a Vikings fan, I trust me, all you people that hate on that, I had some friends telling me, you're a dumb, beep, 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 that's not right. There's no guarantee we make that field goal. It's wet. It's raining. You've seen Blair Walsh kick, right? I mean, I'm saying Dan Bailey's better, but who's to say that that kick's going in? Mm-hmm. I, I've seen them you know, miss closer kicks. Trust me. I, I will say Dan Dan Bailey. Dan Bailey was shaky when the Vikings got him, and he was coming off of a career worst season in Dallas. He's the first kicker in ten years since Ryan Longwell that actually gives me calm nerves watching the Vikings kicking game. But I I still don't. I I go for it ten times out of ten in that spot. I don't blame him for going for it. It's one play to win the game. It's one play where you've been doing something right, right. and you just need to do it right one more time to win. Yep. Anyway, Amen. Uh, fire's burning, guys. I'm either going to have to put it out, or I don't know if I dare call the fire department. But uh, <laughs> so. Do whatever you think's best, Chancey. Chancey, uh, stay safe. And uh, if you could get a, get a little bit further away from Drew Samia, we would all feel even safer for you. So. Bye, Drew. Walking away from you now. All right, that's Chancey, Bye, Chancey in Fargo at a at a Vikings dumpster fire ceremony there. It's great stuff. Very creative. Every <laughs> week, he's very creative. Yeah, Chancey's going to be doing this from a new location for all 16 games. And the way this thing is headed – actually, real quick, I was kind of hoping that the Falcons would have put up a little bit more of a fight against Carolina today. They, they did have a chance late in the game to uh, to tie it up, I believe, but not enough to get Dan Quinn to the next week in the NFL season. So they fired Dan, the GM too. Dan Quinn and GM Mitra. Thomas Mutroff both they fired. So, fired, yeah. so we're probably going to get a bounce back Falcons performance oh, yeah. next week. Of course, most definitely. So we'll see how that goes. Energized uh, Falcons team. Yep. All right, let's get Jordan in here, Dex. See what see what our guy Jordan has to say. Jordan, you got about sixty seconds to rifle off some thoughts without getting us fired. So go ahead. First of all, thanks for let me join on in with you guys. Uh, Long time Vikings fan. Unfortunately, in some cases, um, but I don't know why we're all surprised about the outcome of the game. I mean, Kirk Cousins is going to do his thing. The most questionable thing for me is on the two point conversion. Why does he run? Oh my God! I'm, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 it's amazing that we've gotten forty one minutes into this thing. So, two point conversion of all the things that Kirk Cousins does well. Number one being handoff. So, like, that's an option. Handoff is an option. Uh, play action is always an option. Bootleg, using your legs to at least get away from pressure to find a receiver or a tight end is an option. Just dropping back to pass is an option. But running, was it? I think they spread five wide on that play, including Alex Madison all the way out to the right. For a designed quarterback draw, that was a really, really bizarre play call by the Vikings. It's like he knows he's terrible at it. He's like, oh, maybe I should run now. I'm going to try to make this work, and we all know that it's not going to work. Is this the, the new supposedly mobile Kirk? Because, I mean, we don't need that. <laughs> no. It's it's not real. Like, it's not going to work. Yeah, so that that was weird. There, there were a couple design plays that they ran tonight that I was left to scratch my head and think, Coobs, I don't know if those are good ideas. I think I would strike those from your playbook ASAP once you get back to the Twin Cities, but that's just me. For sure. And then two for me is I'm glad it wasn't the opposite in terms of time of possession because it would have been week one, week two all over again. Because if that was the opposite, the first half, I would say probably for the most of us, the game would have already been off. Yeah, that was. We all knew it was going to be coming too. Russell Wilson's a 
probably top three, top two quarterback in this day and age. That even though he only had time in possession for, I don't know what it was in the first half, probably seven or eight minutes, if that, we all knew he was going to come back. Rough and, and we can't say the same thing about Kirk Cousins. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's. I, I would have been curious to see like thirty extra seconds on the clock at the end. I was, I was actually texting Dex and Judd saying, "I want the Seahawks to take a lead. If they're going to take a lead, give Kirk the ball with some time, and let's see what he can do. Let's do it." Yeah, but, and, but and the only thing for me, lastly, is defensively, there's some good outcomes today. You know, getting James Lynch actually to play a snap and get a sack, I think, is probably first or second time around. And you got another good guy in DJ Wanham who's a good, talented young player. So there's some, you know, hopeful for going into the future. But my end question is, is are we going to get what we all want and have Kirk Cousins not be in a purple uniform again? Actually, for next in- season? For or next when? Season. Oh, no, he'll he's back. Yeah. You can't, there's nothing, there is, it's predestined at this point. There's nothing that you can do about that. Um, The only thing that you could hope for is that they do find themselves in a position to draft his replacement and sort of groom that player. Uh, But no, look, they've made their bed completely. And and it it might drive us nuts, and it probably should, but they have made their decision that this is their guy. And, and their philosophy guys, this is the most important thing that, that is how we are different from them. Their philosophy of how they can win football games isn't ours. So that's the difference. They, they don't look at this as Russell Wilson and Kirk, same guy. No, no. They know who Kirk is, but their coach says, I can win with defense. And they also say, we'll pound the ball will run Cook, which, by the way, is fine if Cook can play. But the question, as we, we saw again tonight, comes up, can Cook play consistently? But it's a philosophical difference between how the fan base and how people like Declan and Phil and Judd and you see the potential success of this team based yeah. on how the people in Egan see the potential success. And it's just not the same. And it's not going to change. These guys definitely think that their way can work. I just have yeah. huge doubts, and I don't think it really probably can. It can get you the playoffs, but I don't think yeah. it can win you a championship. I just, I, I just think personally, it's just going to be the same stuff with COVID, and you're not going to. Personally, I don't think. I think Zimmer's going to be our coach next year, regardless, unless it just completely goes one in fifteen. I think that's a conversation we've got to have, but I, we're not going to go one in fifteen. Yeah, Jordan, that's another good point in that these teams are taking such a financial bath with no tickets. Like, you know, they're losing, I mean, they're going to be fine. Don't get me wrong. But in the short term, the cap's going to come down. A team is unlikely to swallow a bunch of guaranteed money for a coach that they just signed to an extension. So, um, Hey, great stuff from you. We appreciate you coming on and don't be a stranger. Come on again sometime. Right. Yeah, absolutely. man. All right. Vikings vent line rolling on here on the purple daily YouTube channel. YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. If you could click that subscribe button, we would be very appreciative. We're so close to 10,000 subscribers on that channel, and it would be fun to hit that threshold tonight. We're 45 minutes into this thing. I'm Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff, and the Vikings. That was a super fun, competitive game. They played really well for the majority of it. Some mistakes, and Russell Wilson ultimately being Russell Wilson down the stretch is what did the men. Should we go to Raymond next here, Dex? Raymond, what's going hey. on? Raymond. Thanks, guys, for having me on. I've been a long-time listener. I think this season reminds me of the 2010 season when I was in Iraq 
of the army. And that year sucked because I was in Iraq. So just <laughs> kind of season Thanks feels for your like. service, man. Well, thank you. Um, I'm going to be the oddball out here and be almost a contrarian in the sense that we, we all are basically blaming Kirk Cousins. I do agree Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins, but I think we can win more games if our guard knows how to block someone. You know what I mean? Like, Well, you need – Raymond, you need one of two things. You either need a guard who knows how to block someone or a quarterback that can run away because the guard allows pressure through on every other play, right? I mean, that, like those are your two options. You can't, yeah, have, you can't have a statue quarterback and a guard that can't block anybody. It doesn't work. Yeah, that's, that's the frustration with this team and with Mike Zimmer. And I used to be a real big let's keep Mike Zimmer because I, I like, you know, coming from the military, I like that smash mouth, you know, I'm going to pound the rock down your face type of thing. I think it looks beautiful just where we dominate you with our will and just make you beg for mercy. <laughs> um, but the frustration is you know you have Kirk Cousins. You know he's a statue. You know that he doesn't know how to feel pressure. But you do not solve the offensive line problem. So why are you trying to fool me and say we're going to be better this year by not solving the offensive line issue? Or get rid of Kirk Cousins, but you can't get rid of Kirk Cousins now because the cap is going to kill you. So, I, you know, it's just, yeah, that's the frustration part. Just, yeah, man. It's, yeah, I totally I, feel you. exactly right. <laughs> I mean, your, your points are exactly right. It's, 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 it's so bad. It's like, because, I'm looking at this as like you have some great like you're wasting Thielen's talent, you're wasting Jefferson's talent, you're wasting your running back's talent, right? You have two outstanding tight ends. And if you you have a window to win in, right? This this stuff doesn't last forever, right? You have a set window until their contractors come contracts come up and they have to go or they get old and retire, right? And you have to start back over. So you, you have this window to win, and then you're just pinning it all away because you don't know how to draft an offensive lineman. And the window right now is closed. Yes, right now. Like, yeah. It's gone. Yeah. Like, this is all sort of fun and games, but that that shot, and your your point's a great point, in, and I think the discussion is this, okay? The day that you got Kirk, why wouldn't you have gone out and said, we've watched a ton of Kirk film. Kirk is a statue. Kirk does not feel pressure, which is a problem. We are going to go out and pay our O-line and his blind side especially, but we're going to pay them big. And consequently, we're going to find a capable running back, okay, capable, but not a great one because we can't afford to pay that spot too. Like it's the pieces of the puzzle that have always confused me because if you're – if your centerpiece was Cousins and you made your bed that way, why wouldn't you then have the rest of the pieces around him fit more? It's sort of like they've just put together, uh, we'll go get this guy and that guy. And it's like, no, if he's going to be your QB, you need guards who are really pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. It, would, it, would, it would seem to make more sense. Like, obviously, some of these moves are easy to say in retrospect. But if you've got 12 or $13 million burning a hole in your pocket and your option is bring Anthony Barr back or sign the best guard in free agency, like, you know, and Judd, you were saying it at the time. Uh, it's And now it's even more of a no-brainer because Eric Wilson played the game of his life. He did allow a... He did allow a deep touchdown reception to a tight end I've never heard of. So there was that. But he had a you know interception, a sack, and he had a tackle for a loss, blew up a screen pass. So like if you could reallocate some of these resources to just 
fortify Kirk Cousins in the pocket or or just be, you know, the other thing too is it's so hard to rip them for what I'm about to say because we don't know the inner workings of their development system. But why have you not even developed like a fifth round draft pick offensive lineman? Isn't it weird? Like, I feel like previous Vikings regimes, even going back to like Brad Childress, John Sullivan, oh, we're gonna, we're, we'll go find a guy in the fifth round. He'll just be a franchise center for like five years. Matt Burke, like, like, why doesn't this coaching staff and 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 this franchise over the last seven or eight years, why can't they do that anymore? And until we, like, we, we're not in the meeting rooms and we're not in the scouting discussions, we have no idea, but it's a problem for sure. There's a term in the military that we used to call when we were doing operations called, it's called strategic planning. And it's future proofing an operation you're doing. So when you're doing an operation, you have to think three, four, five moves ahead because people's lives depend on it, right? That's obvious, right? It feels like this team, this is why I'm like leaning towards firing Zimmer and their GM, is they don't do that. They're just like, that's shiny, that's shiny, and that's shiny. And I'm going to pick those things. Without without even looking at the pieces they have, it's just like I'm not going to bother actually doing any legwork or thinking. I'm just going to pick the shiny pieces and hope it works. So yeah, hey Raymond, great stuff from you, man. We Thanks appreciate you, you man. coming on. Do it again. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll say bye to Raymond. Let's just keep buzzing through here. To bring somebody else in. Dex, you got uh, Axel is on right now. Hey, Axel, <clears throat> what's happening, dude? Nothing much, man. You know, I'm coming in uh, from Seton Hall University uh, out of New Jersey. I've been a Vikings fan since birth, since 1999. And uh, yeah, man, uh, every game you seem to age uh, from the stress that this team gives you. But I'm weirdly kind of optimistic about it. I don't know. Um, that might be that might be kind of an oddball take, but no, that's actually, uh, I mean, it, it is for the 53 minutes we've been on so far tonight. So we welcome it. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, okay. I have, I have two points. If I can get to the second one, we'll see you with the time and all that. But I think number one, you got to look at this game and the entire time I was watching it, I was like excited. I saw, I saw like a lot of good stuff. I saw some boneheaded plays, but that's like to be expected. But what I saw was a lot of young development. Like there's these young defensive guys out there that yes, there was some problems, but I mean, they're in their rookie year and you got some good defensive play, some good defensive development. And I think you keep that train rolling along, like it's going to look better for us, but we, we gotta go get better offensive linemen. I mean, Holy cow. Like there's, you can develop young players as much as you want. Um, and that can be all good throughout the season. Like you take those tough losses, but at least those guys are getting reps. But if we don't patch that up, man, that has been an Achilles heel for as long as I've I've been watching Vikings football. So it's like um, that that to me, I think you just keep developing those players. They're going to keep producing results for you. They're going to get better and better and better and better. I mean, the entirety of the game I was watching, I was like, this is these these are the Vikings that we thought they were going to be preseason. And they came out 13 and 0. And I was like, this, this is, this is great. We're, we're, on, we're on a roll here. We're, you know, the run game's going, I mean, it's, it's just like, you couldn't have designed it better. So I think that leads me to my second point, which is um, the whole decision for the field goal thing, people blaming Zimmer. I'm not going to go that knee jerk route. You got three options, right? Number one, you kick a, well, there's, there's two options where you put the ball back in Russell Wilson's hands. And that is MVP candidate. He is a game winning drive maestro. That guy will do, I mean, he will cut you up. It doesn't matter, especially against our young corners, right? We're still developing. Um, if, you know, we're going to do a preemptive pie chart of blame, 
it's everybody involved in that one play really gets a large portion of it. it and that's what's so heartbreaking about this game is like yes there were there was mistakes but it was rectified like we came back like there was some fight there was mm-hmm. we faltered a little bit and kirk had that little shaky that shaky moment um in the third quarter i mean the whole team had that shaky moment in the third quarter but you've been you've been pounding the ball over and over and over and over again what in the world are you doing on that play that and yeah, so man. that's that's what it comes down to i mean that's and that and that to me it's like fire zimmer if i i don't know if that's that's like the right call for that because you put you get that field goal what it's eight okay russell wilson's gonna do exactly what he just did so i think i think right now i'm optimistic because i don't know can't get much worse from here i mean unless we go <laughs> one at 15 but even then you're still you're still getting those young guys out there and getting ready for for 2021 so yeah hey, uh, Great stuff, man. Appreciate your uh, your takes and your thoughts, and definitely jump on with us again. Is because well, if they go one in fifteen, we will still be doing this despite the amazing record. So. Amazing. This this is this is what keeps me going through the season, man. So thank you guys for doing this. Nice, Take thanks, care, Axel. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, I mean, I I just like I you have to go for it in that spot. You you've been leaning on them. I hate it when coaches punt and kick to win or to just be conservative to prevent themselves from losing. Yeah. If you if you gain an inch on that play. And you've been leaning on them for 200 yards. You win the game right there. It's over. So I I like the aggressiveness. They also went for it twice on fourth down in the first half, and they made I love it. that too. Yeah. And, and if this was a typical Seattle defense, if this was 2016, then guess what? I think we could debate it a bit. But they had been getting that all night long. Like there was no no reason to believe that on that particular play they weren't going to get inches. So. That that was not one. I, I think coaching wise, they made the right move. And again, given where they're at, it is too because you're in a predicament where you've been playing, where you've been basically run, running the ball down the Seahawks' throat all night long. And it's not like I stopped there and said, "Well, this is a terrible time to try and do it again." Did you? No, no, not at all. you know, yeah. Totally agree. Uh, by the way, Sam jumps into the YouTube comment sections just to remind us that the Twins are 0-18 in their last 18 well, playoff games. Appreciate it, Sam. That's I, nice like, I like the non-sequitur here since we're being Minnesota sports doomists. Let's go to Zach next. Zach, what's up, buddy? What's up, guys? Another week. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, this one was at least a fun game on national TV. Like, come on, Zach. Talk to was, us. It was. You know, the people that are calling for Zim's head, you know, you know, he's just going to get replaced with Kubiak, who's willing to call, you know, a QB draw for a two point conversion with Kirk Cousins. So unless that playbook is like, hey, we're going to keep that next year for Trevor Lawrence or Trey Lance. Like, that's not my guy. Um, Everybody's brought up the play, you know, the, the fourth down, go for it. I think this is the most important part of that. It's fourth down with the game on the line and you trust your second year, second string running back over the guy that you're paying behind center to make that play for you to win the game. You wait, are you talking about, you talking about Dell cousins? Yeah. I'm talking about Madison. They're going to hand the ball off to Madison to get the fourth and inches play as opposed to like, Put the game in Kirk Cousins' hands. Okay, That's I got right. you. Cousins got you. The middle, Kirk Cousins throws the ball. Any you, you're going to trust your second yeah. string running back over that guy that you're paying that eighty million dollar contract to. Yeah, I mean, man, I think is this the play? Yeah, Dex is pulling yeah. this up right now. This is this is the fourth down right here. 
Yeah. Um, and we're running right behind Drew Samia. Great call. Okay, look. So here's a question, all right? This is just a total second guess. Let's keep this looping for a second. You got it. Is this Madison? Like, why is he not? I, I feel like if he goes to the right of CJ Ham, he gains five yards. Watch this one more time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously they were they were calling that run to a specific gap, and he's just going to the gap that it's called in. But let's see that, again. Like, gain a yard, whether it's extra push from the offensive line in that spot. Brian O'Neill doesn't really get a ton of push there. I don't know. It's frustrating but to watch. Does it not say something when it was fourth down for the Seattle? Hey, Russ throws a thirty-yard bomb when it was fourth and goal. Russ scores the touchdown, like hits DJ Metcalf in the numbers. Yes. When it's fourth and inches, and we have our second string running back in, not Dalvin Cook, our second string running back in, don't let number eight make the play. Hand it off, see what we can do. And yeah. for all the Kirk and Cousins apologists, it's like it's like when you go to that like fancy, you know, steakhouse and you order that medium rare steak and the appetizer comes out and it's delicious. And your sides, like you taste them, like you're like, wow, this is the best baked potato I've ever had in my life. But when you cut into that steak, it ain't medium rare. It's well done. Oh, it boy. like rubber. Oh, and boy. you keep coming back because the damn manager gave you a coupon. Like, why? Why do you keep coming back? to Like the Kirk Cousin apologists are going to say, well, you know, Kirk Cousins you know, yeah. led us in a couple of drives. And it's like, Dude, you've hit on. And you saw what Kirk did. Zach, you've hit on one of my biggest pet peeves. And I sort of vowed, like, before we flipped the mics on here, I sort of vowed and told told myself, self, let's go easy on Kirk for this game. Like, I've gone so hard at Kirk throughout the entire two and a half years he's been here that I wasn't going to go super hard on him in this game when we we got into Vikings vent line. But, like, you've nailed it. He's just. It's it's we've set the bar so low for what we expect out of the quarterback position here. Yes. That like, oh, if he he wasn't a total train wreck, and so let's blame everything else. It's like like Russell Wilson is the freaking bar for what you need your quarterback to do in 2020 NFL. And look at how many other teams are taking guys and molding them. Lamar Jackson wasn't a finished product when he got to the Ravens. No, neither was Pat Mahomes when he got to Kansas City. But those guys like the coaches know how to mold them. They're mobile. They can rise above adversity. And it's time to raise the bar for what we expect from that position in this state for the first time. Yeah, but, I agree. But the important thing right now, and the good thing about this entire season and tonight in particular is this. We're dealing with a window that's that slammed shut. So, like, we're not dealing the, – the hope here is that you develop players who are going to help you win – the uh, window is thrust back open, but it's not going to be Kirk. So, right. so like, so like the thing with Kirk is, you, I hate to say it, but you almost, in, in my opinion, if you're a Vikings fan, have to look at this in the context of Kirk doesn't count because I don't think when this team gets truly competitive again, which it will, it always does. I don't think he is your QB, and so that's the difference here. Because which is why I say you're right. Zim, let him develop the corners. And if you're going to fire Zim at the end of the year, like, yeah. so be it, you know, and get, you know, get the offensive coordinator from Kansas City in or something the enemy? and draft a quarterback. 
The enemy is going to get a job for sure after this season. So if you want the enemy, you got to fire Mike Zimmer after you know one year into that contract extension. I would be, I would be shocked. Um, great stuff, Zach. Appreciate you Appreciate coming it, dude. on. Again, man. We'll See talk again. Yeah. All right, Zach, jumping into Vikings Van Line. I know we got a full, we got a full room in the in the green yeah. room here. So let's let's keep let's rolling. Keep rolling. Yeah. Vikings oh. Van Line. Let's go to yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go to David. David, what's up, All buddy? Right. Look, first off, I'm a LA Viking fan, and I'm celebrating this Lakers championship right now. So I was going back. Oh, wow. big but, night for um, you. Nice. Yeah, but it's like this though. Some of these these players, these um. These people that come on this vent line, I'm trying to figure out what game they're watching. Because if you don't give it to Madison on that fourth and one, the guy had over 100 yards just gashing him the whole game. And all this whole thing about fire Zimmer, just like you guys say all the time, like how are you going to fire a guy one year within a contract extension, right? right? It's like I talked to you guys before like two weeks ago, the last loss. I'm upset about not having a developmental quarterback on the roster now. That's my big problem. Like, that's my big problem with the Vikings right there. Like, this game was really entertaining. I really think they, you know, they could have won it. But Russell Wilson is going to do what Russell Wilson is going to do. And for all the people who out there are saying, like, oh, Kirk Cousins sucks and he can't do this and he can't do that, I understand he can't do a lot of things. He's not He's not, He's not. not going to have Lamar Jackson's legs. He's not going to throw the ball like Pat Mahomes. But what you got to understand, like, what else is out there? What's out there? What are you going to get? Bridgewater would have been great, but what was his problem? Oh, his hands is too small. He can't throw the deep ball. That's oh, what Sam Bradford? Oh, yeah, he, he can play, but all the guy did was just stand there and get and get hit all the time. You had that magical, magical season with Case Keenum, which was fine. I'm cool. I'm really cool. I like the development that I saw with the corners and the, a couple of linebackers on the defense. That's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. Because at the end of the day, you guys are talking, people are talking about getting Trevor Lawrence and all these other guys. When was the last guy you drafted number one to actually come in the NFL and actually do anything? Because Pat Mahomes was drafted not number one. Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. was drafted at the end of the first round. So what are you guys talking about? There's no there's no tank for Trevor. The guy who really the guy who's supposed to be the next quarterback on the team should be on the roster right now developing. That's how and actually uh, Colonel uh, Colonel KFC thirty three just pops a comment on YouTube here. To your point, uh, David, if if you're a, let's say you're an Eagles fan right now, right? And I think there is it the storming outside right now. Yeah. I just hear like a tornado buzz by my window. It's raining very hard. Good God! Um, if, you're, thunder. if you're an Eagles fan right now and your your season has just train wrecked out of the gate, and you're questioning Carson Wentz, at least at least you've got Jalen Hurts on your team, right? Like, yeah. okay, there's a, a developmental guy sitting there, right? But he's sitting there. He's already sitting there. There's so many, been so many times where the Vikings could have drafted somebody in the second round or third round or whatever and actually have somebody sitting there because the thing about it is you have to, in the NFL, you pay a premium for your quarterbacks. A quarterback does not have to be a Tom Brady MVP or, or a Peyton Manning you know, type quarterback. You're going to pay a premium for that quarterback. Just like the guy said, Joe Burrow, he's okay. He's not great. So, you know, they're going to have another high draft pick this year because they're not going to make the playoffs. So people have to really be happy with what they have. I'm, I'm, I was a real big Bridgewater guy, not mainly because of what he can do, because we drafted a guy to be our guy. You know, that's what I was hiding on. Because if you look at the Vikings history, and you guys know, we have never had a – Dante Colbert probably was the last one that was drafted to be our guy. Everybody else is guys from other teams that come here that actually try to play and sometimes it doesn't work out. I just feel like this. The development of the players right now, I'm not going to say the season is already gone. Develop these young players right now. We're in a kind of weird situation. 
with this with, with COVID and these games are going to get canceled and changed here and there. Just develop these young players. I'm really like disappointed in Cook. I tell I tell my wife all the time, like she's she loves Madison because Madison's from San Marino. So Madison, I mean, kind of looking at it today, like dude, I question the Cook's contract because it's like the things that Madison did today was things that you wanted Cook to do, but Cook gets hurt like every game. I thought Cook wore number 29 today because every time he made a big play, I thought well, it was Xavier Rose out there always getting hurt. You know, every, you know, every time, every time you guys know, every time Rose got beat, he always went out hurt. And I was just like, like, come on. It's like people have to understand and put it in the right context. Okay. Tanking right now is not going to help it because we don't know what kind of guy we're going to get. What if Trevor Lawrence turns out to be Jamarcus Russell? And that puts our franchise back the next 10 years. I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm actually, I'm okay with, so just on that point, whether, and I agree with you, by the way, I, I think there's, I wouldn't say just as good of a chance you could find a quarterback like second, third round. I think you're, you're more likely to find a franchise quarterback in the first round, but you can, right. you can find Russell Wilson's and you can find guys, obviously right. Lamar Jackson was at the end of the first round, but yeah, so I, I think it's more of a risk to not take shots at quarterbacks in the draft than to play the, well, what if he doesn't pan out card? And I right. know it sounds like you agree too, but like, cause people always say, well, what if you draft a quarterback and he doesn't work out to which I say, okay, well then like draft another quarterback. Like I, at least you're not paying him yeah. $33 million to be average. And, that's my, that's the point. And that's the problem that I have with the NFL. The NFL has this facade thing of, overpaying quarterback because they feel like there's not a lot of quarterbacks to go around. There's not a lot of good quarterbacks to go around because the thing about it is teams don't allow these coaches to develop these players. If you're a player coming in, coming into the NFL or as, as a quarterback, you want to be drafted into a system that you're going to actually excel in. Some of these teams have this win now mentality where they don't allow these quarterbacks to develop. Look at Lamar Jackson. He said a year, look at Pat Mahomes. He said a year, but they still have those same coaches there with that same system where they, where they can develop those players to be the kind of player that they want them to be. You, mm-hmm. it's hard for a guy to come in here and you like, Oh, he's a, he's a running quarterback, mortal quarterback. And you know, in college, but then you want him to, you want him to be a, a pocket passer. That's not possible too. you. You have to be the, the flexible teams win. You have to be, if you're going to draft, a QB now, you have to, as the GM or coach, have to be willing to adjust to what that guy does. Har- Harbaugh changed his entire philosophy. Yeah. He but basically we said, a "Coordinator problem." Well, sure, but but that <laughs> but, but that but that's why your your point about finding a QB gets into the very delicate situation of when you do identify that guy, and if you're going to draft that guy, can this coaching staff? beat the coaching staff because you have to have them buy in to change. And I don't think Mike likes change lots. So, so, but, but you can't say you, you can't draft a kid now and say, uh, darn it, we're going to teach you our system and fit in there. It doesn't work. What you have to say is we've seen how you play. We like you and we are prepared to take the system that you essentially ran in college and make that our system. Right. I I, I agree. And with the offensive lines, I know you guys are, are, are in for time. I've thought about this for the past year that ever since Toronto's passed away, these offensive line guards are not nasty enough. I don't, I don't see, I don't, I don't see them being nasty enough. I don't know when Toronto was there, you know, coaching them or whatever that they had some kind of, you know, chip on their shoulders, but they don't have that. And they you're not wrong, that. man. Actually, you know, Alex Boone used to be a huge part of the show and, um, and he's still looking for an NFL job. And so he hasn't been on the show in like six months, but 
Alex Boone used to say that all the time. He'd, he'd watch these Vikings offensive linemen and be like, dude, exactly. like, what are you guys doing? Like, yes. get be in nasty. there, man. Get, be yeah. nasty. You're a lineman. Yeah. Bring the But thank yeah. you guys. I listen to you guys all the time. Love the podcast. Let's go, David. Lakers, Thanks, baby. David. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Congrats on. Uh, by the way, just real quick, since we're having a rough Minnesota sports night here, the Lakers won their 17th championship, and about one third of those are Minneapolis Lakers titles. Okay. Oh, so yeah. we got that going. I remember them all really well. <laughs> Me and Sid, big fans. Uh, Dex, who's next on Vikings? Let's uh, let's get Michael in here. We see guys like David and Polford to our loyal guests. We'll get <clears> to you shortly, but let's uh, let's start with Michael. Michael, what do you got? As I crack another seltzer. Here. Hey guys, can you, can you hear me? Okay, Corona. we can. Yes, we can. And your your appearance okay. is brought to us by Declan's Corona Hard Seltzer. Four right. very succulent flavors. Awesome. Hey, I've been listening to the show for a couple of weeks, and I've really been enjoying it. So I appreciate it. Thank you. It's better when we're in community together, suffering all at the same time. So it's all <laughs> um, Amen. That's what we're here for. We are certified Vikings therapists for all of you. So, so I think this year is a little different for me because back when 2017, 2018, you came in with these huge expectations, right? And it was so aggravating when they wouldn't live up to those. And this year, it's been nice for me to kind of take a step back and just wanting to watch young guys get better. and. So it's been less stressful for me in that sense. Mm-hmm. I would say in terms of the game, Zimmer. I think Zimmer's biggest mistake was not kicking that extra point and chasing those those two points. Because I think then if you, you go down and score the next touchdown, you can just kick an extra point. And at that point, you're okay. I don't remember exactly uh, the specifics. But I think I think that was, to me, that was his his biggest downfall. And in terms of Kirk Cousins, and this will be my final point, um, you know, he had that really bad pick, but I, I do give him a lot of credit because he was getting chased pretty crazy all night because that their right guard to me was just really having a tough go of it. But he came back and he threw two scores and he made some big time throws. And I know he's getting paid a lot of money and that's what we should expect from him. Um, and I know he was playing a bad secondary, but uh in the past, when the Vikings have imploded, they implode hard, and they and they came back and they and they put up a good fight. So I guess I'm I guess I'm more so proud of those young guys for for sticking in there. And it's disappointing, but uh, just inter- interested to know what you guys' thoughts are. Gradual improvement, man. Exactly yeah. right. That's the way to see it. See, that's the perfect way to look at 2020 yeah. from a Vikings fan standpoint. Yeah, the silver lining is those young cornerbacks got a PhD in yep. watching one of the best quarterbacks of our generation march down the field. And so, I don't know, put that in their memory bank and see what happens when they face Aaron Rodgers in a few weeks or something. That's the point where I mean that's if, if I think this was sort of the fork in the road mm-hmm. game because if they, you know, they were up 13 rip and if they would have figured out a way to hold on and win this game, and now all of a sudden we're talking about a, a winless Falcons team, like the path to 500 into the bye would have been very apparent. And now that they lost this game, yeah. there's really, even though there is a seventh playoff team in the conference, you can count on probably less than one full hand of fingers how many one in four teams are making the playoffs. <laughs> so, And yeah. they're, and they're I, still going to win, what, five, six games, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I have a yeah. feeling. They're going to be, they'll be Dallas. Done, I bet they beat Dallas now. Without five or Jack. six rounds. And I love, Did you guys I see that that deck injury? Yeah, yeah, I we could talk about tomorrow. It's disgusting, gross, absolutely. I love disgusting. the call to go for it on fourth and one. I know some people hated it, but I think honestly, if 
if they get that. And it looks like Madison had a huge hole. I think maybe it was just in that mode of, I got to get this one yard and maybe we'll be in the field super well. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think if if we get that, I think Zim's a genius for going for it. So I don't think at this point there's any winning for him. Well, great stuff. Thanks for coming on and thanks for discovering our show a couple weeks ago, man. We appreciate it. And you know what? Zim, in going for it on fourth and one or fourth and inches at three different times tonight, really did, for a guy who doesn't like to change, I think that's a big change. I think two, three years back, there's no way, right? I, I think he's evolved some. Not a lot. Yeah, but, but I don't... do. But I do think that he at least is showing signs of, of perhaps updating himself a little bit more into the PFF National Football League world. But don't you think? So he goes for it. He's got analytics guys in his ear saying, "You got to go for it. The game's yeah. over if you get it." And then they whiff on it, and Russell Wilson goes down and yeah. wins the game. Don't you think he's now sitting, you know, drinking a glass of wine, thinking, "Screw these stat nerds! Like we need to kick probably. him that spot." He, you know, what he probably thought deep down in Zim's heart, he probably thought, "If I, if we don't get this, my defense will stop him." My defense. It's a it's a Zim defense. Will stop him, which is you know crazy. But I, I bet you he thought I can't lose here because we'll get it. And then they didn't, and he thought I'll stop him. Yeah. And he had a good game plan. I give hey, him credit uh, for that. Slot asks on YouTube. Hey, that was a new caller. How did he get the number? So if you want to join the show now, we're pretty packed for tonight, and we're uh, we're an hour and fifteen into this, but. If you want to join the show in future weeks, just email vikingsventline at gmail.com. And Declan is coordinating with Vikings fans throughout the entire show. We can't guarantee that we'll get you on because there's always a line. But if you send us an email, we can uh, we can get you on. And Jeremy asks on Facebook, how's the dumpster fire in Fargo going? I don't know. Has <laughs> anyone heard from Chansey? Is he, I hope he's he, alive. He's safe. It's three alarm now. <laughs> three alarm fire in Fargo last I yeah. heard. All right. Who's Amazing. next? Next. Let's uh let's go to Kevin. Kevin's a, a new caller here for uh for Vikings Ventline. Kevin, you got us? Is Kevin there? Kevin. Kevin hey, is uh, frozen. Or oh doing? wait, there we go. There you uh, go. Got us, Kev. Right yep. A little spotty. Let's put Kev back in the green hey, room and see if he can get a little bit. I do. Dex, let's put Kevin in the green room. You got it. You got it. You got it. We'll get back to you, Kevin. Let's uh let, let's try Kurt here. Kurt, what do you got for us, man? What's up? Hey guys. Uh, hey, Mackie and Judd, can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, indeed, man. Fire away, Kurt. When we go way back to AM 1500 to Dave Harrigan, you remember those days? Dave, one of our, uh, yeah. one of our wonderful producers, man. Yep. I listen to him almost every day on uh, that good neighbor. Well, Dave is also the uh, the co-founder of Songs by the U-Log, which is one of our great Mackie and Judd successes. Yes. We might have to dust that thing off again. Prolific. Yes. <laughs> that needs to come back somehow. I had a whole list of things that I want to talk to you about, but I needed a better connection, so I came downstairs. So this is all going off memory, but let's do this. Sure. Cousins, going off schedule, awful. Yes. Uh, that- when everything's great. He's great. He's not bad. He is not a bad quarterback. And I think people need to get off his ass um, about, you know, being a bad quarterback. Um, the I'm trying to think of other things on my list. I had a whole list. I had a really nice list. <laughs> and, well, uh, well Judd, I know is- you would appreciate that because you're very list oriented. 
Oh, well, yeah. well, let well, me. Well, well, since while you try to think of your list, let me just Here's ask this. you: what, what, what's what's Here's the my thing? List. Oh, that's a good that's a good list. Judd likes that list. What's mm-hmm. the thing that 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 had you the most pissed off about that loss today? Let's start. Well, let's 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 get the therapy session going here. What's the thing that had you the most? Mainly because up? I thought we had that game won from pretty much the start of the game, and. Uh, when they blew that fourth down conversion, I texted my – I have a lot of family in Seattle, and I said, it's Russell time, Russell time. Here we go, Russell time. He did what he is always wanting to do. He does Russell time. And why can't we get one of those quarterbacks, Judd? Judd, come on, tell me about that. Why can't we get one? Um, because Sports Dad said that, that from – that uh, Tarkington was the one guy who was like that. And since then, we just can't. I don't know why. It is remarkable. Like how they haven't stumbled upon that guy. And I'm not talking about, a, a, you know, Wilson is is going. Yeah, like Wade Wilson. But how do you not? But how do you not get a guy like since 1978, guys? That's that's a key thing here. How do you not get a guy from 19? 19- 78 to 2020 maybe short of that brief flirtation with dante being great because yeah, he, he was great for a couple of years but yeah, yeah he was the mvp of that thing. year without yeah, uh, manning there's no question yep. one other thing i grew up in kansas city uh, i was a chiefs fan early in my life and uh they were awful in the 80s they were awful yeah so i know yeah. awful when i see it and uh you know i love i mean I think the Vikings, I, they played great enough to win tonight, and uh, just didn't happen. So, Kurt, we appreciate you coming Thanks, on. Kurt. Next time, good night. Bring, good bring your legs. Get some shut eye. Get some sleep. Get you need some sleep. Oh man, the average gamer comes on and says the Vikings drove this poor guy to drink. Feel bad for this guy. I think they probably drove a lot of people to drink. That's right. This game, including me. Right. I'm yeah, going to hard that. seltzer, powering a Vikings vent line right now into the midnight hours with thunder and lightning going on outside in, in Minneapolis, St. Yeah. Paul, right now. So, hey, real quick question: Do you guys actually? This is maybe a question for later on this week on Purple Daily because it's just going to take too long, but. Have the Vikings tried frequently enough to find that quarterback, or do they just sort of like, oh, we got, uh, or we got, we have Brett Favre now, and well, I guess they had T. Jack on the roster, and at the time they thought T. Jack could be the quarterback of the future, but oh, we got Kirk Cousins on the roster. We don't want to upset him by having an actual prospect for a backup. Um, I don't know, like they take a stab once every five years, you know, Teddy Ponder, T. Jack. I think the I think the qualifications of trying to find that that guy have changed in Denny's time. It was a different where where QB play was important, but not as important as it has become now. And so he was really comfortable going out and being like, "Hey, Jim McMahon's here. Okay, you play quarterback, Randall Cunningham." Um, it's changed now, where I think it's imperative if you're going to win a Super Bowl, pretty much to have a to have a franchise caliber guy at that spot. And listen, Phil, I still contend this. It is the greatest downfall since Spielman got the job here that he has not been able to identify that guy once. Because if he had identified that guy once, the position is filled for probably eight to ten years. And and you know, Ponder was a disaster. Um, Favre was Chili's guy, and it was a great 2009, but then to, by 2010 it was cooked. So I don't think that we can, I don't think it's probably fair if we're having a candid conversation about this to say that the price of poker in 
in getting quarterbacks has been the same since Tarkington left, but really in the last 15, 10 to 15 years, um, you could make a case that the Vikings have not done a sufficient job. And I think Ponder scared them. Like, I think they whiffed on Ponder and they're like, oh my God, we couldn't do this. What happened there? And then they got Teddy and he got hurt. Um, but, but to your philosophy on quarterbacks, which isn't necessarily wrong, I think you have to be willing to fail and fail again and fail again because let's say the third time you hit. Now the position's solved. Yep. Who else we got here, Dex? Let's, uh, let, let's try Gabriel. Gabriel, what's up, man? You're on Vikings Ventline. Hey, what's up, you guys? How you doing? Hey, man. Good. Good, man. We'll give, we'll give you about 60 seconds to fire away and uh, just keep it clean. Don't get us in trouble. Okay, no worries. Um, cool. I just want to uh, say I'm fully on the uh, tank for Trevor train, and so wow. tonight's loss doesn't bother me one little bit. Um, I mean, I like Cousins, but he just he doesn't have that X factor. You know what I mean? My only worry is that, you know, we we get a decent enough draft pick and Spielman obviously, you know, trades out of it for 107th rounders or whatever. We pick a cornerback, you know, everybody's same old worry about it. What, what do you, what are your guys' thoughts on the odds that Spielman will, I know you guys are just talking about this a little bit. Do you think, you know, we get, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth rounder or sixth round or sixth pick in the first round. Do you think that we'll actually pick a quarterback? Do you think Spielman will actually jump for it? I don't think he will. I honestly don't think he will. I think he should. I, I I think 2021 is a must draft a quarterback draft if you're the Vikings. I just do. I think, and even if it's like Tanner Morgan, I keep bringing him up, and I, it's such a homer thing. But let's say Tanner Morgan has a big season and he puts himself in position to be like the fourth or fifth quarterback off the board in like the second round. Like, if they put it this way, we rip the Packers for drafting a quarterback when they have Aaron Rodgers in his prime, and I and I still think that's a terrible draft pick if you're trying to win a Super Bowl in 2020. But like the Green Bay Packers are thinking about the next quarterback when they have Aaron Rodgers. Like, why aren't the Vikings thinking about the next quarterback when they have Kirk Cousins? I'm still sad about Teddy, man. Teddy was Teddy yep. was our guy. Still sad about him, man. He was supposed to be our guy. Teddy was good but- today. He was great. Yeah, again. no, he did good. Teddy did is good. very Teddy is very solid. Teddy is very good. But but in the Vikings defense at that time, I don't think that you could have taken that, that chance. At that time, you know, his leg had imploded. Um, I don't blame them for going outside the franchise. Uh, but here oh, so here's the problem. Here's the answer. Uh, I'm afraid the Vikings are going to give us when they draft, let's say, eighth or ninth, and they take a cornerback or something like that. I think what they're going to say is, you guys do not understand that we have a young man who's been on the practice squad for two years, Jake Browning, who we are developing as our next QB. I'm pretty certain that's their feeling. And again, I'm not defending it, but I'm telling you, they don't, they don't, like, we're having all of these conversations about how we think that they should think. They don't think like that. In their mind, it's like, Coops has been working with Jake for two years now. What are you guys talking about? Why would we want to draft a quarterback? And we're like, no, you got to shoot your shots here, gentlemen. But here's the thing. But this is, so this is going to sound crazy. And and this is not meant to be like a, a Jake Browning is the franchise quarterback endorsement, but from a from a strategic and from a from a cap management perspective i honestly think you are better off with a jake browning type okay i'm not saying it's him but 
a Gardner Minshew type who makes $600,000 to $5 million wherever wherever they get drafted, right? If it's a second-round pick, he's going to make a couple million first-round pick, right? You're better off taking the extra $30 million that you are spending on Kirk Cousins and getting a guard, getting a defensive tackle that's not a backup. Like, yeah. you know, like – yes. And people say, oh, yeah, if you if you what if you get the quarterback pick wrong? What if it's a what if it's a Tavares Jackson or a Christian Ponder? Well, guess what? The Vikings went ten and six and won divisions with both of those guys because they got to build out the rest of their roster. Right. So yeah. Sorry. Uh, sorry. This, this we is feel a tough your pain, one. man. We feel your pain. This is we, a tough one answer. And we appreciate you coming on with us. Do it again. All right. Appreciate all right. Gabriel. All right, Gabriel on uh, Vikings vent line here. Just a quick reset as we kind of wind down. We're probably going to do, it looks like three or four more for sure. Um, but this is Vikings vent line, part of the purple daily umbrella of podcasts and shows on YouTube. So if you're, if you're watching, you discovered our YouTube channel tonight, youtube.com slash purple daily podcast. Click that subscribe button for us. We appreciate it. We're so close to 10,000 subscribers. And you can also listen to us in podcast form. Apple, Spotify, and the all-new scorenorth.com. Dex, who do we got next? Dave, our guy waiting patiently in South Carolina. Dave, what's going on, brother? Hi, Dave. What's up, Dave? Hey, good evening, guys. Um, I don't know where to begin. Uh, Let me start with this. I think you made a good point a little bit earlier, Phil, when you said that. Damn right I did. You did. When you talked about, I don't know if you guys happened to watch Clemson, and uh, Miami last night. Um, yes. Going in my neck of the woods. Um, and I really paid a lot of attention to Trevor Lawrence. Um, and I think your point is well taken about how you need a quarterback that can adjust to pressure, that can run, that can throw on the run, that can lead, that has the confidence of his teammates. I think that's a key. And I think that, that Kirk does not have that. And I think that the interception tonight was deplorable. I think the pocket presence, again, in key situations with the fumble and the fumble at the end, I'm not going to make any excuses on the call. I think it was a terrible call on the second one. But I still think that um, bottom line, guys, is that he uh, he doesn't – he just – it's just not – they don't have any confidence in it. And so the point where the, – the, the rub that we're at right now, if I see another defensive back, um, two plays before the touchdown, playing five yards off, seven yards off the receiver in the end zone, and a guy runs a right, uh, a little, uh, you know, down and out for a touchdown. If he just knocked that ball out, we're probably having a different discussion right now. Would you agree? Because you cannot. And then the fourth down play, I don't know what Dantzler's doing. I'm sorry. I want to see young development, but I think that this defense is not aggressive. You never see somebody step in front of somebody and pick six. You don't have any aggressiveness back there. You don't have the mentality. So my point is Zimmer and his defensive scheme is going to take too long to merge with this talent. And any coach that gets a job right now and says, okay, let me look at Atlanta. Let me look at the Jets. Let me look at the Vikings. Maybe I'm looking through purple colored glasses, but I think that this roster is good. I think it's deep. I think there's some issues on guys that should be playing that are not playing. And, again, that's coaches' decisions. I do think that Kirk did not have a design call. I think he struggled and said, okay, I've got four or five receivers. Nobody's open. I don't know what to do. I'm going to run. There is no way that Gary Kubiak 
called that play. Again, he freaked out, and he made a bad decision. And I, I just want to say I don't have any problem with fourth downs. I don't really have any problem about it. But I knew that if they got the ball back, we were going to lose this game. And don't tell me you guys didn't think the same thing. So here's my point. It's an offensive-driven league. I hate to say it. There's so many things that go into that offensively and defensively. You can't reshuffle your entire offensive line. So, Phil, I'm going to disagree with you on this. If they end up, and and also with you, Jed, they will finish by an act of God, I'm praying for it, 3-13 and or worse. They have got, and then they have to draft a quarterback. They have to get a guy. They, I don't care how much money he makes. And then I don't know if you saw what happened today with Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. Yeah, I'm serious when I say that. Oh, yeah, I do. That's that's yeah. one team that would trade for him. Correct. That I is one you, team that would trade for him. And you can't yeah. and you and you can't bite it this year, guys. But I think if, if you can the following year and, and even this next year, you've got to bite it somewhere. And the key is that we'll sit back and say, this guy can lead us down the path of change and development. And I love Zimmer. I'm not calling for his head now. I think you have to look back and say, okay, what is the best forethinking decision for this franchise? And I just don't think it's staying as is. It's getting an offensive-minded guy with ties to the organization that knows what needs to be done, that can bring a whole different philosophy in and bring a defensive philosophy in that's aggressive, that guys are taught to not play scheme, but play ball and be aggressive. I just don't know what else to say. No. I know I'm probably off the maybe off the path of everybody else, but I'm going to continue to watch. I'm going to continue to see this happen. But I do think the best thing for this team is to fail and fail miserably. And Dave, and you are you are Thanks, getting Dave. your wish. We'll talk to you probably next week. We yeah. appreciate Dave in South Carolina. So if you are, listen, man, I, I, we put that poll out a couple weeks ago before last week's game, before the Texans game and said, all right, what are you, what are you rooting for here? Vikings fans, are you rooting for tank for Trevor or are you rooting for them to bring their season back to life in some form? Or are you rooting for uh, Brett Favre to come back at age whatever fifty? And like I've just seen it. Twenty percent want Favre back. That's what I wanted to. Of course, but but, but, but most people, sixty percent of people want the best or highest possible draft pick to get a quarterback. That's seen, where we're at with this fan base. I've seen enough now of this league in two thousand twenty. I don't think this team can lose uh, thirteen games. I don't think it's possible. Like the league is not. They're going to accidentally win six games. I agree with that. They almost won tonight. They should have won the night. And yeah. that's a that's a good team. Now, defensively, they stink. But I just don't – I don't think that they are capable like the Jets are probably and maybe the Giants are um, of, you know, winning potentially two or three games. I don't think the Vikings are. I think they're going to win six games, and I think they're going to get a decent draft pick but not great. Um, the interesting thing is this, though. If, if you look at how the Cousins contract is going to coincide with the extensions that Zim and Spielman got, I do think that that they believe that they're playing. They think that 2020 is an open window season, which it's not. So the good thing here is I think they're all at the rate they're going. They're all probably going to be pushed out the window within the next two to three years. And that's where you have a decent opportunity then to make significant changes. And if if you do want to find a GM who you think uh, can find that quarterback, and just as importantly, a coaching staff that is going to be open to adapting to what a quarterback can do, that's when the changes would probably come. But, I mean, these guys are going to be back. They're all back in 21. 
There is no question in my mind. Like they are not going to be canned uh, after 2020. I think they're all back for sure for 2021. All right, let's get let's get our final word, Vikings fan guest here, Pulford School. Bring us, us home, baby. Bring us, us home, man. baby. Let's do it. Oh, you're, mute. you're muted. You got to unmute yourself there, Pulford. You're almost there. There you go. There we go. Nice. There we go. There we go. Hey, uh, I, I'm glad Dave was on right before me because he stole. Well, not stole. He, him, and I are on very similar wavelengths and thinking here. Uh, I got to thinking about, man, what are we going to talk about tonight? And I said, Declan earlier, man, when the Vikings win, I'm ready to go, baby. And uh, (laughs) we all knew what happened when Russ, when Russ got the ball back there, we knew it was going to happen, but let's go back, rewind a little bit here. And my main focus is on Mike Zimmer tonight, because look at how Eric Wilson played tonight. And I think we all kind of, I, I know maybe just me, but I had a little special place in my heart for Eric Wilson last year. And I thought if we would have, told Anthony Barr, hey, man, look, I know you want to come back uh, and you want to play for us, but sorry, we don't have a roster spot for you, and we saved that money. If Mike Zimmer wasn't just so proud of his defensive guys and he said, nope, I got to have my guy, if he didn't hate Case Keenum so much, said, nah, he's not my guy, and badmouth him every single press conference in 2017, and Case Keenum just said, oh, you know, I'll go out there and play football. If Mike Zimmer (laughs) – was probably part of it and wanted Kirk Cousins to come in and said, no, nah, this is our guy. We're going to roll with, with Kirk Cousins. I liked his aggressive play calling on the, in the first half. The fourth downs, I was all for it. On that one where mm-hmm. Madison didn't get it, I was all for it. I was all for Madison running that ball and getting after it. Madison's a capable back. But at the same time, Mike Zimmer has got to know that Kirk Cousins is not the man. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but Kirk Cousins got rattled a little bit right before halftime. They laid the wood to him. They got to him. They put him on his back, and he came out after halftime, and he was shaking. You saw his nervous throws. You saw him collapse. You saw him break down. And what happened? Three touchdowns in less than two minutes. Three of them. And what happened? Yeah. Kirk Cousins just collapsed. And Mike Zimmer poured gasoline on that fire like Chansey and Fargo. And it just <laughs> burned to the ground. Pulford School, that's a that's an amazing picture to uh, have painted to wrap this thing up. What a way to and, go out. And uh, I fully agree. I feel like you guys ever play like rec league basketball and there's the guy that just gets super overly frustrated like it's just a fun pickup basketball game, and like the guy who misses like four straight threes and just starts like, ah! you know, body language guy. Like that's Kirk after every time he gets pressured or sacked or <laughs> like a tipped pass to the line of scrimmage. It's like, dude, it's the Seahawks, it's the road. Like this is football. Like this happens. Just and no sw- crowd too. Sw- swallow it and so no crowd. Don't get rattle, man. Like that. That should have helped him. Yeah, it was silent essentially there. Pulford, thanks for coming on, man. We'll talk again probably next week. All right. Yeah, Pulford, appreciate you, man. All right, yeah. his, his his connection sounds like the the aliens from Signs right now. Yeah, so, yeah, so. it's nightmares. It's midnight. Let's right. not talk about that. No, yeah. no fans. No Sunday fans scaries. there though. I, I I mean, come on, it's quiet. That that's the thing. So here here's the weirdest dynamic in my opinion about Kirk. So Kirk, as a human being, can't sense pressure at his position, right? So like, if he's got blindside pressure, there's just times where he can't sense it. But nobody caves into pressure more than Kirk mentally. And if you've noticed, when is Kirk the most 
successful when things have gone so wrong that they can't go worse. Yes. And then and then he's got that little branch where he's like, well, things can't go worse. Hey, ding, ding, ding. I'm going to go down the field and look great. But that sequence, that sequence early in the second half was like the definition of when you want your veteran quarterback to step up and stabilize things and say, everybody calm the bleep down. It's going to be fine. I've got this, right? And instead it becomes this just, oh my God, what's happening? And he leads the charge. Like that, that that's where I think tonight's loss um, is largely on him. It's the stabilizing influence that he just does not have. And then what drives me nuts, and this is so typical of some guys who play for the uh, National Hockey League team in this town, too, is when all hope looks to be lost, he's like, oh, now I'm fine. <laughs> like, That's not what I need you to be fine. I need you to be fine when the bleep is hitting the fan. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a good point, man. And this is now the seventh straight loss by the Vikings to Seattle. The last time speaking of guys who give that calming sense and who bring that, we're going to win this game swashbuckling attitude. The last time the Vikings beat the Seahawks was in 2009. The, the greatest, the greatest quarterback season and greatest leadership season at that position in the history of this franchise, at least going back to Fran Tarkenton. And um, yeah, it's, 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 it's at this point, um, the problem with Kirk is that he's just good enough to put you in a spot where you're not going to be able to draft his replacement with full right. confidence. That's where they're at with this season now. Yeah. Because some of these games on the back half of the schedule, now I would say the Carolina game looked like a win, and now now Carolina's 3-2 and two and Teddy's playing well and McCaffrey's going to be back when that game takes place. But the Dallas game looks like a win at home. Uh, it, Atlanta's Detroit. good. Atlanta, yeah, Detroit should be. Detroit, you're going to split. You'll probably split at least, right? I think they beat. I think they beat Atlanta next week. I mean, Atlanta's going to have an extra pep in their step because they just. Who's going to be the coach? But but here's the thing: Atlanta didn't hate their coach with the fiery passion that Houston hated their coach with. So Houston was actively trying to get their coach fired, and then they and then they bounce back this week with Romeo Cornell. They rally around, but him. Atlanta fell asleep. I, basically, I'm just saying, and depending on their coach, I I would expect them to come in here next week and give a very representative performance because they're capable of that. Like their secondary is banged up, but I mean Matt Ryan's a good quarterback. Yeah, you know who knows. So, well. That's a wrap on this episode of Vikings Line. Dex, you're doing good. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. <laughs> I'm great. I got more post production work here. I'm 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 saddled in, baby. I got a column here. I got to figure out something to write from this. Yeah, go check out Judd's written work at the all new scorenorth.com. And we appreciate you guys helping us shatter our previous record for the most people watching at any given time. Vikings Vent Line here, and um, we'll see you guys tomorrow on Purple Daily. And so, if you're new. To the feeds, Purple Daily Podcast, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, and youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast, and the Mackie and Judd Show. You can find that in podcast form and also our other YouTube channel, youtube.com slash scorenorthmn. So um, if you like what you see, if you like what you hear, go like find us, help support us. You like the beard? Judd rocking the Twins playoff beard for another 11 my months. My Astros playoff beard. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, they got recording the, the Astros now. A two to one, right? That's right. Yeah, beat the Rays. Hung on the I Rays. Not with, much a second of it with the Rochester Red Wings bullpen. The Rays are yeah. dominating. Go to the World Series. All right, appreciate all you guys, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll do we'll do our pie chart of blame on Mackie mm-hmm. and Judd, and we'll do Viking statements on Purple Daily. See you guys. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. 
Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.